Episode three, season two, Ryan Burchett. We are here uh, in lovely Zoom land. Uh, lovely. <laughs> where we have spent most of our hours, I feels like. Well, maybe not in Arizona, because it's a little different down there. Um, most definitely. Than Seattle. But one of the things I've been doing uh, during this new age that we call the COVID age um, is I've gotten back into TV. I actually didn't watch TV for a while, really, or like TV shows or anything. Most, most of my time was actually just spent watching documentaries. <laughs> so I actually, mm-hmm. uh, even last night, I was watching the, the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30 documentary, which Yo, is that actually is probably wild, though. He's the hardest Enneagram 8 I've probably ever seen, like ever ever seen oh really it is nuts. i mean in the first literally in the first three minutes of the documentary there's about 19 f-bombs in his like his quotes Um, (laughs) i never associate him with f-bombs he's nasty well that's probably because you haven't heard many interviews with him you just seen him on the bike anyway ryan what what are you watching lately what have what have kind of been your your covid your covid flicks dude covid flicks so i'm trying to finish an anime called hunter hunter the 2011 (laughs) version um Anime is on the rise, it, dude. People are talking dude. about it, but it's on the rise. Well, it is on the rise. People are talking about it, but you know, black people love anime because there's always an yeah. underdog. So hood culture and anime, it just like just look at all the rappers that have a Dragon Ball Z version drawn of themselves. That it's you can find so many. <laughs> it's amazing. I remember. I remember. Uh, who's the oldest ball brother? Zo? Uh, Lonzo. I remember he tried rapping for yeah. like two songs. Yeah. And one of them was literally called like Super Saiyan and it was him drawn as a Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z. And I'm just like, yeah. It's pretty cool. Sense. Yeah. I mean, I want to be drawn as a Super Saiyan. Me too. Maybe we can um, have Kale do that for us. Yeah. Kale, if, Kale, Kale if you're listening, sick, you're probably not, but if you are, uh, can you please drop me and Ryan? <laughs> we'll yeah, make that cool. the season three. Season uh, three. Black yes. and white church header is, is us Bro, doing Super Saiyan. An anime version? <laughs> that would be so lit. I'm also watching uh, Demon Slayer. Kometsu no Yaiba won Anime of the Year 2019. That is coming out with a movie on Monday here in America. And so actually yeah. today, is it going to be as good as Monday. is it going to be as good as Mortal Kombat? I don't know. Or dude. what about God- Godzilla vs Kong? Yo, everybody <laughs> loves Godzilla vs Kong. Everybody's been telling me like, dude, you got to watch it. It's exactly what you think it is, and it's awesome. And I'm like, I right. like, why not? So yeah, yeah, dude, watch some anime. Probably gonna watch Falcon and Winter Soldier here too. Everybody's been yeah. hyped on that. Yeah, I don't watch any of those because I only watch uh, Christian films because I'm a Christian, uh, Ryan. Pure so, Flicks like, only? Pure Flicks, uh, I watched uh, the, the great hit film, I Can Only Imagine, based on the hit song that changed a nation. By, um, I uh, Can Only Bart Imagine. Millard? Uh, no, I, it was, uh, I can only, I don't remember who it was actually by. I always just, I always, whenever I don't know, I just say Jeremy Camp. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> like, Camp or Lincoln Brewster. Yeah, Jeremy Riddle, Jeremy Camp, Tomlin. you can just say Jeremy something. Um, oh gosh, dude. easy talk or dc easy. talk <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah so uh, that's news that's what i watch i actually did watch the sh- uh, the movie christian mingle not too long ago um mm-hmm. have you seen that one no they got some pretty big actors and actresses in it or just actors now because actresses aren't a thing um but yeah well anyway so for those of you listening <laughs> if you're looking to get anime recommendations you can slide on over into ryan's dms yeah. If you're looking to get uh, wholesome, you know, actually Christian recommendations, you can come to me. Don't go to Ryan. He's giving you yeah, secular yeah, yeah. anime. Yeah, so secular, bro. Um, but also documentaries. I've literally watched, like, all of them. Literally all of them. But anyway, Ryan, <laughs> speaking of uh, entertainment and things happening in entertainment, did you hear what happened recently, Ryan? Did you hear what happened? 
Um, they canceled probably Doctor Seuss. Bro, <laughs> first, they did it. First, they canceled Christmas at Starbucks. First, right now, Red cups only. They canceled Doctor Seuss. Green eggs and they ham is no it. longer there. Oh my gosh, it is, bro! It is uh. I don't even know. I was going to think of a joke, but then they were probably all offensive. Um, More like so green eggs and Sam. <laughs> yeah, Uncle. Got him. Or what's, Uncle what's Sam name? wants you to make green eggs and cancel Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and part of that problem with cancel culture is these yeah. woke pastors, Ryan. Um, Dude, woke pastors. <laughs> I don't know. We're saying this in a sarcastic way. We actually don't always agree. We're, you're going to hear we don't agree necessarily with these things in their entirety or in some of their d- displays. So we don't want to make it all mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're just mocking those who have issues with them. We have issues uh, with cancel culture as well and some issues with mm-hmm. some of maybe maybe not the term woke, but maybe some of uh, what you're maybe trying to mean by that. So I'll just say I'm, I'm sorry we, we were disparaging you a little bit there. But – we are going to talk about this, Ryan. So let's first talk about woke um, in general, maybe woke pastors. Uh, Ryan, have you ever been accused or praised for being woke? Because I personally have either been accused of being woke as a bad thing, but also praised for being woke. So it, <laughs> it changes each week. Yeah, dude. No one's ever, you know, the meme, we were just talking about this, the meme of like, tell me you've been accused of being woke without somebody accusing <laughs> you of being woke. That is literally just like, always happening anytime i address a community anything uh or one of the other pastors i work with addresses something in the community it's like we become woke uh i remember last year during um slash it was like pentecost and then everything happened with george floyd and it was like uh our lead pastor at the time just stood up and just said guys our church is 99 percent white and that is not reflective of our community and he got accused of being woke i got accused of being woke for being too much of a um, I will say, uh, social justice warrior. Guy. Yeah, social justice warrior. <laughs> you um, retweeted or reposted probably something on your Instagram story. Right, right. right. But it. since since I'm actually a pastor that's not a celebrity, I actually just instead of being woke, it's more like I'm just like teaching false doctrine. That's that's what I. That's, <laughs> that's what true. I do. I feel like it is it is the big dogs that get accused of being woke or like mm-hmm. it's kind of you throw you throw those stones from across the pond. So like right, right, not right, a part right, of your church. So I dismiss a pastor I don't agree with because they're woke. But if they're my pastor, mm-hmm. unless if I'm leaving, I'll probably just accuse them of teaching false doctrine, right? Or something like right. that. Like that's that's basically what woke means is that you've strayed mm-hmm. from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's fun. That's funny. Yeah, in dude. Seattle, it's like you people will leave your church if you're not woke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it, we are in two different worlds in some ways. Again, we are those, in mega different worlds, bro. I read a Forbes report about most conservatives and most liberal cities in America. Oh, Guess where Forbes, Mesa, Mesa, Arizona ranked as? Please tell me we went up in the rankings. Please tell you, me we're at number, number seven. Number one. No. Number one. We're Mesa, number Arizona, one. most conservative city in America. Yo! Based, based by Forbes. Seattle was actually third in terms of most liberal. We were behind oh, okay. uh, got it, got it. San Francisco and I don't know where the other one was. Might have been New York or something. I don't know. Um, but we got third. So I went, grew up in the most conservative city in America and then moved to the, the third most liberal city in America. So... It is. It actually is. It's an interesting. But anyway, speaking of woke, Incredible. I think it might be helpful to talk a little bit about the history of this word because even woke pastors, you might have all these subconscious presuppositions about what that means, 
Mm-hmm. But think in your head right now, can you define what a woke pastor is? Where did woke come from? Like, what does that word mean? Um, and so woke now, it's kind of like used by conservatives as like a derogatory word against people. In some ways, it's funny because like when you call someone a woke pastor, you're kind of trying to cancel them <laughs> for being woke. Yep. Oh, for uh, sure. Like just ruin all the reputation and all of the anything they say by saying woke. Yeah. Yeah, and, and normally now for conservatives, woke pastor means it's pretty synonymous with just like pushing the progressive political agenda. Um, that's kind of what mm-hmm. it's become. But really, the, the initial meaning of the word for woke, uh, and still in most places other than the conservative white community, is just meant to describe people who've kind of awakened from their sleep in regards to racism. So like if you were just colorblind or you didn't realize that America had a racist history or you didn't realize some of the uh, racial issues in America – being woke meant you you were waking up to that mm. reality. Um, and so it's just interesting that wokeness started maybe as a term of uh, rooted in, in, in especially black people finding pride in their blackness, yep. finding identity yep. in their being blackness. Being awake, being able to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and it kind of started in the late 60s, but really has obviously gained popularity recently. But obviously in turn now, uh, what conservatives also – you know, often do with most things that uh, uh, non-conservatives or non-white people uh, take pride in or start using as a good slogan to describe themselves have now used it as a derogatory thing. Yeah, um, of course. So Tommy Nelson uh, is a pastor from Denton Bible Church in Texas, um, and he just recently hosted a conference against wokeness um, and basically mm-hmm. claimed that wokeness is the most insidious, dangerous, and pervasive ideology I have ever seen in all of my mm. life. And I recognize mm. this guy, Tommy Nelson, he's 70. So this guy was alive during segregation. But wokeness mm. is the most insidious, dangerous, and pervasive ideology he has seen in his whole life. The most insidious, dangerous. That is such a broad, oh my yeah. goodness. It's like you're just kind of, it's like, again, it's like a clout battle. You're just trying to like add clout as battles. many <laughs> like mm-hmm. extreme words, it's like spoken word, just extreme, you know, long, emphatic words to something to show how bad or evil um, right. that thing is. And so it's kind of right. like, in, I feel like in some ways, um, <clears throat> this has kind of turned into a, a boogeyman uh, for mm-hmm. maybe conservative white evangelicals. The same thing with like social justice warriors. I don't, we don't use social justice words anymore. It's it's really woke woke pastors or whatever, um, or yeah. even the social gospel of old. Um, mm-hmm. So Ryan, when when you think of, I don't know your your interactions with again being in the most conservative city in America, um, what what has it been like? Because uh, I'm sure there was a part of you that originally maybe wokeness was like a good thing for you of like becoming mm-hmm. aware. Um, and now maybe mm-hmm. it's like, now it's like used to accuse you of something that you're not. Um, mm-hmm. So what has it kind of been like in your own journey with just processing that that turn uh, that's happened? Yeah, I think in 2016, 2017, I first came across Woke through uh, the Young Turks on Facebook. Um, there was uh, a lot of conversation about what was going on with the election with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. <clears throat> and and that whole electoral season and that whole campaign trail. And I started to really wake up to um, social issues basically through social media beyond just my personal experience. Like I never had a problem understanding like black community and me per, in particular and how I didn't really have that here in Arizona and my 
parents didn't really leave me to fend for myself, but like we didn't do a lot of black identity shaping. It was just kind of supposed to be assumed. And I was like, all right. And then once I started looking at more structural realities and started to dive deeper into leadership theory and even theology and the history of the church and my undergrad at GCU, it was like, oh, man, we do got to wake up. There's a lot going on. And so I started to take it as like uh, a badge of like, this is sweet. Like, yeah, we do need to wake up. Everybody needs to wake up like a very neutral term that could be positive eventually of like, yeah, let's all wake up and realize, yeah, there's issues and we can deal with them. But then, yeah, it turned into, by the time 2020's election rolled around, woke just became another way to say, cool, you want to talk about problems? Well, those problems don't exist, and we just need to be uh, the gospel. We just need the gospel. We don't need to talk about racism, the gospel. We don't need to talk about structural issues. Nobody can fix those, the gospel. And so wokeness just became, instead of a net neutral turn to a positive, it just turned into all this positive energy post-election into like okay being being black and speaking about issues is just a cool thing to do so now because you're black and you're speaking about issues you're going to be dismissed in the wider um power arguments about what america is or you're just going to turn into a whiner or a victim uh and yeah my own journey has taken me through the ups and downs of that but really has left me feeling like okay this isn't about woke or not woke this is about like I think the real word is, are we going to talk about justice? Hmm. Um, and so woke turned into this theologically for me, it's like, Oh, that just means you talk about justice. So like the prophets are the most woke in the Bible. Like Elijah was mega woke. And so was uh, <laughs> Jeremiah. And so was Ezekiel. Cause they were just like, yo, y'all don't see this. Are you for real? Like you got to like, are you come on Israel? Come on Judah. You got to see this. Mm-hmm. And then people just wanted to stay asleep. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's that's been kind of my journey is moving from an individual. This is what happens as me as a black man in white spaces to wait a minute. There is a lot going on structurally that I don't see in Mesa and Northeast Mesa and middle class area. And then that turned into, okay, I'm going to start talking about these things and defining positions and doing some more research. And then it just turned to wait, biblically, this is just justice. Like that's that's where the journey has been for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man, I feel like it it was such a helpful term for people mm-hmm. to self-describe until it got obviously twisted into a negative because it's like, yep. think of like how people maybe have finally become aware of how corrupt the U S government can be or right. finally became aware of how messed up their parents were as they got into uh, adulthood. There's a lot oh, of things yeah. that we become awake to that we awake were asleep to, to right. uh, in our adolescence. I mean, even the gospel is a, it mm-hmm. is it a waking experience mm-hmm. it's a yeah. born again experience awake oh sleeper like pa- yeah. gosh come on yeah so it's just interesting i mean it's kind of the the reality and we see this sometimes with terms and granted yeah there's some things that woke quote unquote self-prescribed woke people do that me and ryan don't agree with we're not saying that anyone who claims woke is now completely in a line right. with, if you're with using woke saying. for clout battle like get out of my life yeah <laughs> but in terms of just the basic definition the original definition i it's mm-hmm. helpful um it, and it's kind of this the reality of it with a lot of these terms um it, it's kind of white people redefine the terms and then center that as the main definition this happened with um you could see it with like the flag debate with colin kaepernick not to trigger anyone um but colin specifically was like hey i'm kneeling against p- police brutality and then white people were well some white people were like no you're kneeling against our soldiers and he said no i'm not you're kneeling against and they said the military they said yeah you are and now the big debate is 
now centered around the white definition of what was happening, the white mm. perspective of what was happening. Even though Colin said the perspective that I'm going to try to get across is a police brutality, which generally I think most Christians would agree we have a police brutality program. The question is about race that most people disagree on. But it, it, again, it's this centering of the white understanding, the white perspective, the white definition of it. So black people can say all they want. No, I do not. When I say I'm, I'm woke, I'm not saying that I am for abortion. That's not what I'm saying. I am. They could say I'm pro-life. I'm just saying woke is a different thing. But since white people get to define what words mean, they're saying no. By claiming to be a woke pastor, you are right under Nancy Pelosi. You're pushing the progressive agenda and all its 19 pillars. Um, and I mean, this happens with dismissive terms again, like social justice warrior, um, and the social gospel. And it's funny, Ryan, that you bring up like, well, it's really, this is about justice. Um, cause mm-hmm. if you, if you think of like white evangelical church, like there's a big focus on righteousness. Like we want to be righteous. We want to have the right thinking, uh, right yeah, actions. Here we go. But if you look in both the Greek and the Hebrew in the mm. Bible, mm. righteousness and justice are the exact same effing word <laughs> you, yeah baby uh, to be to righteous is to be just mm-hmm. to seek justice is to seek righteousness that's what mm-hmm. it means um, but mm-hmm. somehow we in our english you know definitions now have separated them to as if you can seek to be righteous i can seek personal righteousness without seeking justice they are they are the exact same word um mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you can dismiss these people for like, man, we shouldn't pursue social justice because we should just focus on being righteous. When most of the scriptures say you can't, you can't really do one without the other. Now, granted, what social justice measures we seek and how we do that and how we go about it, of course, there's biblical precedent for how we should do it. But if you just dismiss seeking justice in general as an anti, you know, distractor away from the gospel, then you kind of are misunderstanding the scriptures the question is is how and and why and and when but not not if <laughs> we uh-huh. should um so yeah but again obviously connected to to woke pastors ryan is cancel culture um right so ryan i mean as a as a black man being yep. in a, a white church and yep. living through covid and donald trump and joe biden and twitter uh-huh. um what has your yeah. experience been like dealing with cancel culture um, how do you feel about it? What do you think about it? What do you think conservatives are missing? What do you think progressives are missing? What has it been like for you as a black man in white spaces and when white people scream about cancel culture? Like just what, what overall has it been like um, just hearing about this new rise <laughs> of cancel culture? What's so funny is um, no one really can define it. Uh, like cancel culture is so weak, even – my very conservative, very Southern Baptist theological seminary now, it's moving that way, Phoenix Seminary, my own president, hopefully, Brian, if you listen to this, you don't get upset. You even, he <laughs> hey, even said, yeah, hey, Brian, he even <laughs> said, like, this is dumb. Like, cancel culture shouldn't even be, like, a thing we should even give space to, but everybody just wants to, like, pretend it's a like a like a thing that we should be upset about and it's actually not really a thing and so cancel culture is so wispy uh i've only had one person meet with me uh about it at church in the last two months um and it wasn't really about us canceling anything they were just venting about dr seuss actually being canceled and pepe Le Pew. and uh i was listening to not, Tim not another french character yeah i know uh I was listening to Tim Gombis the other day, and he's a 
you know, professor at, uh, what is it, Grand Rapids Theological in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, New Testament. And he is just like, dude, it's so weird to talk about cancel culture because no one actually has stopped you from doing anything. Like when you cancel <laughs> an event, you cancel the event yourself. So like if I put on church camp and then I have to cancel church camp because COVID, I'm the one who canceled church camp. Nobody can just cancel it for me. And so cancel culture is weird because people say, I've been canceled, but then they just keep speaking or writing yeah. or receiving well, money Dr. Seuss or whatever was, they do. Like the, the reason his yeah. books were taken down was because his yeah. kids decided that, hey, we wanted to take away these few racial books that we had and just right. keep the rest of them. Keep the it rest wasn't of like them. anyone else demanded for his head. It no. was the, the family was just like, hey, we have the rights and we're going to do this. Right. And then so then as a black person, I'm just going like, oh, another way to distract from the real conversation at hand. You guys mm -hmm. just don't like accountability for stupid stuff you've said and or done or are yeah. allowing to be done. And so it's just, yeah, it's just another way to distract and redefine terms. Uh, yeah. So like, but like black people see it. Like we're like, yeah, duh. okay, cancel culture. Yeah. It's just a new way to like avoid the issue that we asked you about specifically. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like to help so. can maybe give a, a definition for people who don't know what cancel culture is and they've just seen the buzzword or they've seen yeah. stuff happening and they've accused things of cancel culture or whatever. It's kind of like critical race theory where it's just like, right. you know, I feel like some people would probably say critical race theory is cancel culture. <laughs> so that's just a funny, like that's two definitions. You have no idea what they mean. Um, but generally it, it was actually rooted only about seven years ago, the word of can like canceling. Um, that wasn't like a thing before. Um, and it started kind of with younger millennials and Gen Z people basically going on the internet and calling out a like public figure and calling to like cancel them for something stupid or dumb they did. Um, that's basically what it is. Um, normally it, it's related to someone doing something racist, homophobic, yep. misogynistic, yep. um, all things outside that of those conservatives things. seem to not want to talk about. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so like it can it can be anywhere from just like calling someone out and getting them to apologize or to trying to get them fired or removed from positions. We've actually seen this happen. Um, so like most of canceling that happens is like what Ryan said, where it's like you yourself are still choosing <laughs> to cancel yourself or to end it. But there's been a few cases where there's been enough like petitions where it's gotten people fired or whatever. Sure. And we see this happen on like Twitter, especially like if you've been on Twitter at all, you just see the mob and it's not like it's mob everywhere. Um, and so before maybe we, Ryan, we get into like talking about you know, because I think it'd be helpful to talk about some of the bads of it and like the Christian mm -hmm. vision of like, if you think the hard definition of what conservatives are saying cancel culture is, which is this like basically not letting anyone make a mistake ever. Um, mm -hmm. We'll talk about that in a second. But just like before we get into that, I do want to preface that we as Christians have been canceling people and things for a very long time in our history. Mm -hmm. We are not immune uh, from this cancel culture that we say the progressives or whoever is doing it and it's destroying America and you can't make a mistake. Like we literally excommunicated people in our history. There was mm -hmm. the, like the freaking crusades, which was like canceling to the point of death. We burned heretics. Uh, we have church discipline even, which is a form of canceling people in, in a sense, like casting them mm -hmm. out of the community for behavior that is not beneficial to the community. Mm -hmm. um if you think and i don't want to get into this but if you think in the grand scheme of things hell hell is in a sense a a, a variation of canceling whole slews of people we can get in we can talk about that a different time but and then even like so that's like just like religious canceling but even like in the recent like like people are boycotting disney or target 
um, for different things that they, they've done or did or for being pro this or pro that or for donating to this person. Like, what about like the culture war that Christians are fighting right now in America where we're mm-hmm. trying to cancel all things that are not Christian and get them out of the mm-hmm. public sphere so that the good Christian stuff can get in? So it, it, it's kind of like one of these things are like, are we mad that in this culture war, the culture is just finally fighting back? <laughs> like non-Christians yes. are finally fighting back and um, – yeah, and I, but I'm I mostly I did give like sympathy to conservatives who are worried about this. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, but first, Ryan, let's talk about like woke pastors. Uh, sure. Do you think pastors should claim to be woke? Do you think there's a place for them in our churches? What do you What would you like give advice to someone who's in a Christian church, doesn't know what woke means, or maybe has just negative connotations from the news networks they watch or whatever? How should they go about dealing with a pastor who is seemingly woke or claims to be woke or whatever? What what kind of practical advice could you give us in our churches? Yeah, I think in your churches, Matthew 18 has to just like really um, permeate through like your way of being. And and just James 3 and the idea of how, how, how tongues and words can start fires. And just Proverbs talks about taming your tongue and, and like actually listening to somebody before you either like try to verbally or uh like verbally like um i guess punish them or like go behind their back and tell somebody else on a certain side of authority to punish them or say keep an eye on them what i've what i've watched happen in my own context is a lot of going behind the back of the person that you're mad at for saying a thing that seemed quote too woke or seemed too quote progressive and then instead of asking them, hey, could you clear that up for me? Or, mm-hmm. hey, it seemed like you said something yeah. that meant yeah. this. Or, like, hey, it seems that you're uh, politicizing this certain issue. Instead of that conversation happening at all, it seems to just happen with a one-off. And then what you're doing is creating a really unstable environment to where you don't really know what you're allowed to say or what you are allowed to say, what you're allowed to post or what you're not allowed to post, what opinion you can just have that's open-ended and that you're growing through versus like almost everything we're saying in this climate seems to be, especially if you have somebody who's quote woke, a declarative statement that cannot change. Like somehow we Mm -hmm. aren't allowed to think out loud anymore. And uh, my practical advice is, dude, if you are feeling like somebody's being too quote woke, just go talk to them and ask yeah. them to understand yeah. like just to don't, ask don't label them go. and cancel them <laughs> yeah like don't, don't just don't label just them label. as woke and then cancel them and basically say i'm right. not coming to this church until they're not woke anymore and it's like well yeah you need to have that conversation yeah and there's uh when there's no relationship there or your relationship with them was based upon a certain expectation or a certain function especially in the church like all it is is functional it's there's nothing actually like life together about that then it's mm-hmm. very easy for you to just think okay, well, uh, I'm mad at this person and now I'm leaving. And then those people who leave or those people who go around backs don't probably have a close-knit relational network either in, yeah. in that church. And so I've watched this happen this last year, uh, both with me as a primary agent of wokeness and other uh, pastors and friends that I've served with um, be accused of the same things and having to run around conversations where you're trying to catch who said what and what was that screenshot and like who sent that. And man, it, it just is really exhausting and demeaning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I mean, I personally say I'm very for woke church and woke pastors. Like personally, right. if, if woke carries that original meaning that the black community first had it with, it basically means that 
pastors and churches are becoming awake and aware of the complexity in America, right. the grayness right. of it, the evil of it, the demonic and powers that are at play in America, the sinful forces. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we'd all be for pastors who have awoken to the greed in America, right? Like, I think we'd all right. be for pastors who have woken to the consumerism in America or also, you know, to the sexism or the, the bad teachings about sex in America. I think we'd all be in favor of pastors who have awakened to the reality that America isn't this beautiful, holy nation, but actually has a lot of evil in it. And so then I'm also in favor of pastors being like awakened to the racism in America. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird that when it comes to racism, that's when it's like describing anything as like, I finally became aware of racism is you become this woke, progressive, whatever, rather than mm-hmm. just like with anything else. It's like, man, I finally realized how greedy and corrupt politicians are and everyone applauds. Exactly. <laughs> but when it comes yeah. to this, it's like, well, I don't know. And, and it, obviously if woke is just a pseudonym, like if someone claims it this way or is using it woke as a pseudonym for progressive ideology and full on progressive politics, then I would be obviously very against that. Like, if woke church just means progressive, you know, Nancy Pelosi's running the church, of course. Yeah, what? <laughs> I have a lot of issues, yeah. but that's not what woke means. That's not what it no. originally meant. Um, so, yeah, but Ryan, what about uh, cancel culture? What do you think the Bible um, would have to say to us about cancel culture? Should we be afraid of it? Should we cancel certain things in society? Um, kind of what, what would the Bible maybe have to say on, on how we should go about um, kind of what's happening on Twitter? <laughs> Mostly on Twitter. Mm. This might be a stretch. Go for it. Is it going to be another food analogy? No. Like it's Panda gonna Express? Be, nah, it's going to be David getting confronted by Nathan. Okay. All right. I don't think that's much of a stretch. Go for it. Flesh so, it out. So Nathan, the prophet, is the prophet installed when David is the king of the unified Israel. And everybody knows, or maybe you don't know and you're listening to this podcast, about how David... Um, uh, basically took Bathsheba as his wife, basically used his power to um, essentially rape her um, yeah. and and had Uriah, her husband, killed on the front lines of battle to cover it up. Uh, well, Nathan was telling David about a story about this man who uh, was passing along the way in a rural ancient Near Eastern town and didn't have um, a, a goat that they needed for a sacrifice or, or a lamb. And there was this town that had uh, that where this person had just this like precious uh, prized possession, like non blemished baby lamb that they loved so much. And this, uh, this person who needed to go and uh, was obviously of, in the story, obviously of a higher um, uh, class uh, takes this precious lamb from this like poor uh, person who, who loves the lamb and then sacrifices it. And then David's like, are you kidding me? Like Nathan finishes that story. I, I botched the story, but whatever. And David, <laughs> David basically is like, I can't believe someone would do that. Who is this person? We gotta, yeah. we have to, we gotta handle this. And then Nathan just looks at him and goes, "You are the man who took that <laughs> precious little lamb, basically." And I think there's precedent for when God needs justice to happen, and not just be, um, it's not just words and statements. But it's how those words and statements affect our actions and our hearts and our postures where things need to be unearthed and dealt with and confronted. And we need to be reminded of God's grace because David, David's still reminded of God's grace and the Lord's not going to be removed from his presence. He, like Nathan promises him, like, hey, God's still with you, but dude, now the sword won't depart from your house forever. Uh, and so we see that with the splitting of the kingdoms and after Solomon, like Israel and Judah just go downhill. 
yeah. basically, yeah, uh, I, I think Nathan's onto something where he he uncovers things David did not totally repent of, even publicly, that have now affected the rest of the kingdom. And I think that there is a precedent there for us to, if there's things we have not dealt with that are going to eventually affect the wider culture, our churches, uh, our communities, our workplaces, you gotta, you've got to deal with those. And they will come out. Like, it's going to happen. And so I think we just don't, just like American exceptionalism wants to not uh, deal with the, the really ugly past of slavery and the really ugly pieces of uh, our constant racism and and demeaning of the image of God here for multiple ethnicities as well. Like, we try to hide that and we try to make leaders and people who have a lot of money and influential people not really be at the same level of human as us. But what cancel culture does do, I guess, is actually just bring up accountability and make people deal with the stuff so that it doesn't continue to be toxic and leak into the community. Yeah. So I think yeah. there is biblical precedent from the role of the prophets. And then Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you guys have been putting yokes on the people, you Pharisees and Sadducees. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show them how to actually carry this yoke of life. Watch me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And I will show you the way of me and how to follow God and all his commandments and the spirit. That's what Jesus invites people to do. But he confronts people in power who need to deal with the fact that they have been placing bondage upon the people who are already broken and weary and um, impoverished through Roman oppression. Yeah. So, yeah. dude, it's there in my mind, yeah. biblically. Yeah, no, I agree. I think like I think I have some reservations about cancel culture in the terms of it, if it means like that there's no chance of redemption if it means right that if you're it's just, just like cut off life. no yeah right. um like if we have no humility in how we like approach others in calling mm -hmm. them out um and realizing that like we got some own stuff in our own eyes uh, that might uh, be protruding uh, in how we do things um and like that's part of the scary part of even hosting this podcast is that like 10 years from now what if i said something that was just stupid which i i've said many things that are stupid but like really stupid on the podcast, like, and then I just get done for the rest of my life. Of course, there's things that don't seem biblical from that. Like if cancel culture means that you're done forever, like it's not just call out culture, but it's actually uh -huh. like you're just done forever. Then yeah, maybe there, maybe there's not complete biblical precedent for doing that. Although there are cases in scripture, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, where <laughs> you see cancel culture leading immediately uh, to an end. Um, but at the same time, like I'm for call out culture and cancel culture in the sense that like it's readiness of our like racist, sexist, elitist, or whatever views in the art or media. Like I'm okay with getting rid of those Dr. Seuss books because we don't need kids seeing black people depicted as animals. Like no. wh why, why, if you're going to study the art, like if you're doing a research paper on it, sure. I'm okay with that being available. But why are we trying to preserve those kids books that are indoctrinating <laughs> kids yeah. with those kind of views? Right. Um, and so it's like, yeah, and then I'm also okay with people like being removed from positions of power that they were in because they're racist or because they're sexist uh -huh. or because they're misogynist. So that's literally yeah. like elders like have qualifications and leaders have qualifications. There's discipline when you don't meet the mark. I yeah, would man. love to find a path of redemption for them to hopefully maybe find a position of leadership in the future, but they do need to step down uh, uh -huh. if they have something. I mean, in the same way, like we aren't we trying to cancel abortion, human trafficking, like in right. America and right. those who like, uh, are in charge of it. And those who are, uh, you know, making it even worse. Like, aren't we trying to cancel those people and put them in prison? <laughs> uh, yeah. so it's just interesting. Like we're for canceling things when it fits the biblical model, but then when it comes to the biblical model of, you know, calling out, 
uh, ethnocentrism in mm-hmm. people, then that's, you know, that's too far. That's, uh, right. you know, this is, this people are coming for heads. It's almost like, man, we don't even care about sin. We don't care about justice. We just don't want our own racism, sexism, whatever to be called out. So that's why we're trying to defend these people. Cause if we can defend Dr. Seuss's racism, then someone will come defend me later when I get a called on my racism. So yeah, there's a, there's a book called woke church by, uh, Dr. Eric Mason. Um, he's kind of fiery. So some of you may not, <laughs> may not fully love the book. I love him, bro. Uh, I love him yeah, so much. He, I've been listening yeah, to him listen so to, much recently. I listen to him every week. Um, yeah. and then also I'll link an article in the show notes, um, from the gospel coalition talking about woke pastors. If you guys yeah. want to do some further reading. Um, but yeah, Ryan, any last thoughts before we, uh, called an episode? Uh, no, man. Uh, I think this is a, I think I've learned a lot even going through this episode. Um, yeah. it's a, it's a, just another term that we're just going to have to with careful and loving and courageous correction, just navigate in these freaking weird times. Um, <laughs> you just got to keep it going. And now that freaking cancel culture and woke pastors are a category. Okay. All right. Back to the well, chaos. We are justice out here. That is what we're doing. All right. Catch you in the next one.